Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. U.S. lawmakers are taking a closer look at rising Christian persecution. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to hold up your end of the bargain. Subscribe, leave a rating, share with a friend. You can email us as well. Quick start podcast at cbn.org. We're getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday at 7. Joining me now, Trey Gons Phillips. Is Billy still on vacation? Trey, it's Friday, Junior. What's up? I know, we're here. And it really is important to subscribe to this because it's it's really not as much fun if it's just Dan and me. <laughs> right. And yeah, Bill. and Billy. Right. It's just, we do that every right. day. I mean, that's, we, we have that already. It, what makes it special is if others are along for the ride. Right. Here. Well, it makes the craziness a bit more bearable, you know? <laughs> Indeed. Well, and there's there's been a lot of craziness, but also good stuff, too. I mean, Sound of Freedom, we continue to talk about that. The, uh, the numbers have been phenomenal, and I'm sure as we inch closer to another weekend, we're going to see more action happening this weekend. But we've got some other interesting stories happening right now. Jason Aldean is the target of cancel culture. Yeah, so, and by CMT, no less, uh, which is which is interesting. And there are some pretty big names uh, actually responding uh, to what's happened to him in a recent music video. So we'll get into those details because it's an interesting story. Yep, certainly is. And uh, looking forward to that. Also, 25 years before The Sound of Freedom, there's a guy called the Machine Gun Preacher he sat down with our own Gary Lane talking about the child trafficking he saw first. His story is incredible, but talking about the child trafficking issue and why it matters. It's a great interview. We're going to have that on the main thing. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And the head of Britain's MI6 says the boss of the private military group Wagner struck a deal with Putin during the failed rebellion on June 24th. Evgeny Prigazin was later welcomed into the Kremlin to meet Putin. The MI6 chief expressed confusion over this rapid change in loyalties around the Kremlin during that weekend. And the chief believes that Putin cut a deal uh, to save himself. And US lawmakers are taking a serious look at rising attacks on religious freedom abroad, holding a hearing this week that had rare bipartisan support. House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee leaders say they're more concerned than ever about religious persecution worldwide. Half of the world's population can't freely practice their faith. That's why there's a call for America to apply more pressure on countries about adhering to human rights, including India. And commercial fishermen have long been uncomfortable with a law that lets government monitors board their vessels to observe the fish they catch. And now fishermen say that if that wasn't bad enough, the National Marines Fisheries Service passed a rule that requires them to pay the wages of the monitors taking a seat on their boats. You can read about that and more over at CBNNews.com. Trey, a lot going on. Obviously, the religious persecution. It's good to see the government taking notice. I mean, we've covered these stories so many times on our channel, and we will continue to do so as most of the rest of the outlets ignore pretty much a lot of it, except for the most egregious examples. 
But it's good to see them taking a focus, and hopefully they'll take special note of a lot of the Christian persecution happening around the globe. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it's interesting that so often when these cases bubble to the surface and there's, a, you know, either a big swell of news coverage over it, it's usually it just kind of is, is a flash in the pan, right? It lasts for a minute uh, and then it's gone. Thankfully, we have the resources and we are we see it as an important issue, obviously, at CBN. So we continue to focus on it. But it is encouraging to see governments actually stepping up and at least acknowledging the reality of persecution, because so often it seems, even with the Biden administration, there's been a reticence or an unwillingness to acknowledge uh, the persecution, the religious faith-based persecution that's happening around the world. Uh, or if they do acknowledge it, uh, it's like, well, but there's nothing really we can do about it. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. But uh, the reality is, as, uh, as the United States, uh, we kind of set the tone or we should be setting the tone for what the rest of the Western world ought to be doing and how the rest of uh, organized countries should re be responding to persecution. So, Anytime a politician in whatever country is willing to stand up and say, uh, this is wrong, uh, that's encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And look, in a world that's increasingly talking about tolerance and love and diversity and inclusion and all of the rest, it seems a lot of times Christians are left out of that conversation. It seems we're fair game. It's okay to go after Christians. Well, Let's make sure that that's applied equally across the board and that Christians get the benefits of whatever protections come out of those conversations uh, as well. We're going we're gonna to head over to the focus story now. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, Jason Aldean has a new music video out, and it's causing a little bit of controversy. So, Trey, I've seen the headlines splash around with his name in there. What is going on? So it's kind of interesting. So the song is Try That in a Small Town. It's actually been out since May. Uh, there was a little bit of criticism of, of the song when it first came out. Some people on the left didn't like the overall tone uh, of the song, uh, but that kind of died down and went away. Uh, the music video, though, just came out and it started airing on CMT, uh, Country Music Television, uh, and was pretty quickly pulled offline uh, because of the, again, the tone of the song, but was actually put to, to video. Uh, and that, of course, uh, riled up a whole lot of people who had not previously been exposed to just the lyrics of the song, uh, which the music video actually just depicts uh, violence in, in, in small towns. Uh, it's showing, you know, when there's rioting, when there's, there's actually a, a, a scene uh, of Jason Aldean kind of looking, uh, you see his back and he's looking forward and there's an American flag burning, uh, and it's kind of an homage, a lot of people have said, or it seems to be an homage uh, to the summer of 2020, right, when Black Lives Matter uh, kind of bubbled to the surface again, and then there were a lot of rioters associated with that, that summer, uh, a lot of them on the left, Antifa and all the rest of those kind of radical groups. Uh, they were rioting in, in cities and in towns across America, and people are seeing this as Jason Aldean's response to violence uh, in in small town cities across the country uh, and that is what ultimately drew enough criticism that CMT actually made the decision to pull the video completely from their rotation uh, of music videos that they play throughout the day that is interesting so am I am I understanding this correctly in that he's frustrated with these riots and basically saying because a lot of these riots happen in big cities right 
uh, where yeah. you don't have a lot of people with self-defense mechanisms as, right. as much as you would in a more rural area. So is he saying essentially, hey, try that in a small town and see what happens for you? Is is that essentially the message? Yeah, so that's the, that's the message that he's sending across is is you try that in any small town USA and see and see the kind of response you get because his his point is uh, in a small town we all know each other we're going to band together uh, we're here to to protect our brothers and sisters uh, we're not going to allow you to come and destroy our town uh, like you you might have done in a big city you know in Portland Oregon or Washington D.C. or New York City whatever uh, he's saying yeah essentially what you said Dan try that here in a small town somewhere in the country uh, and the response won't be as as friendly or as relaxed as it might have been in a big metropolitan area that uh, uh, of course leans more politically yeah. to the left generally so, so what's the response been here yeah, so probably the biggest response has actually been from uh, Governor Kristi Noem in South Dakota. Uh, she actually just posted a video on her Twitter account and other social media accounts yesterday afternoon. Uh, she said, I'm shocked by what I'm seeing in this country with people attempting to cancel this song and cancel Jason and his beliefs. Him and Brittany, Brittany's his wife, uh, are outspoken about their love for law and order and for their love of this country, and I'm just grateful for them. Uh, so she voiced her support uh, for Jason and and his wife and 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 for for what they're they're standing for. Essentially saying there's nothing wrong with this song. He's condemning violence, and shouldn't we all be against condemning violence? Is essentially what uh, Governor Nome was saying. Um, and another uh, noteworthy response is actually from Brittany Aldean, uh, Jason's wife. Uh, she just posted uh, the day before yesterday, earlier this week, when kind of this controversy first started. She posted a picture of herself and Jason and put the caption as never apologize for speaking the truth with an American flag. And she's got a lot of uh, a lot of other uh, other people commenting their support for Jason uh, and, and the song. So it's interesting to see the, the kind of responses that are coming out of the woodwork since CMT decided to pull this music video. Yeah, pretty crazy that I mean, and I know his wife's been outspoken as well, but uh, yeah. on a lot of these issues that are going on in culture. And it's look, it's interesting to see people not so worried about supporting a violent movement, but then when you condemn it in in some artistic way, like through a song, you're the one that gets the blowback. That's pretty wild. Well, it's interesting, too, that if you listen to the song, obviously you can kind of draw conclusions that this is probably uh, the kind of violence that he's condemning. But the song never actually specifically says uh, who or what he's condemning. Uh, it just shows, you know, violence in large cities uh, you know, that was it did happen in 2020. And so people are kind of drawing their own conclusions, saying, well, he has to be talking about Black Lives Matter. And he has to be talking about Antifa. Uh, and to your point, so that's bad. We need to condemn him for condemning violence uh, rather than all kind of banding together and saying, hey, you know, I don't agree with Jason Aldean politically. I don't particularly like the song. We you know whatever, whatever your complaint is, that's fine to have that issue. But shouldn't we all be against, shouldn't we all be against cities being burned and riots, right. uh, riots breaking out? Right, exactly. So, I mean, what do you think other than what we've covered? What do you think is the big takeaway on this story and why it's it should matter to everyone listening. 
Well, I think, again, to that point is this is something that we should all be opposed to. We should all be opposed to violence. We should all be opposed uh, to, to riots. But setting that aside, because that's not even the larger issue. The larger issue is freedom of speech, which is a debate that we're having in this country. It seems like more and more and more of the time, uh, which is what does freedom of speech actually mean? Uh, and this is what that means, right? Jason Aldean should be free as, a, as an artist, as a well-known country, uh, country celebrity. He should be allowed to voice his opinion. And if you don't like it, you can feel free to criticize it, feel free to, to respond just as strongly as, as his song uh, declared his feelings. But we don't need to be canceling people. We don't need to be pulling them from the internet. We don't want to be scrubbing their content. Uh, that's not the answer in a, in a society that values free speech. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Trey, well, appreciate you bringing that one. That is, uh, again, checking the pulse of the country and where we're at as far as being able to tolerate different points of view. And we're going to keep checking in on that. And this is just the latest. So appreciate that. We're going to head over to the main thing now in 25 years before the sound of freedom, someone called the machine gun preacher confronted evil in the African bush to rescue kids. Sam Childers is still doing it and he's not going to stop until God tells him to quit. CBN's Gary Lane caught up with him in studio recently. And that's today's main thing. The film, The Sound of Freedom, is drawing much needed attention to the global human trafficking crisis. We've told you before, it's a $150 billion per year criminal industry affecting 25 million people worldwide. And our next guest decided to do something about it. Sam Childers is an American missionary working in East Africa. He's known for rescuing trafficked children from the Lord's Resistance Army in South Sudan and Uganda. A movie, The Machine Gun Preacher, highlighted his life and his efforts. He's currently in the USA. He joins us now in studio. Sam, it's hey. so good to see you again. Really good to see you. Yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> it has been. So so tell me, this problem of child human trafficking, Yes. you've witnessed it firsthand. You've rescued children. How bad is it in Africa? You know, I believe it's a serious problem around the world. Africa has a lot of problem going on, mainly because of the uh, rebels in the bush. But here in America, we got a serious problem going on with it. I will say the president of Uganda, if you get caught molesting children, you get caught uh, raping children, whatever, you're in a serious problem, could even be sentenced to death immediately. So the child trafficking within Uganda, it's there, but mainly out around the borders. Uh, South Sudan can be a problem. Sudan can be a problem. Any country that has war going on where there's rebel leaders and rebels there fighting, yes, there's a serious traffic problem going on. And, of course, you uh, rescued children from the Lord's Resistance Army and, and uh, Joseph Kony. Now it's the DRC. Tell us what's happening to children in the DRC. You know, <clears throat> you have ISIS there, you have Islamic State, and you have ADF. Those people have teamed up together. And so there's a lot going on. You know, it wasn't but a year or two ago uh, ISIS put off a couple bombs inside of Uganda uh, in the capital city of Kampala. Yeah, a year it, and a half ago, we talked to you absolutely. about that, right? So there's yeah. some major things going on. But ISIS, <clears throat> we need to realize that ISIS is a problem around the world. And the big thing with ISIS 
is if you have your borders open like we do in America, you need to realize they're around us. You know, I don't want to scare anyone, but they are around us. So ISIS is a problem. Now I'm working in an area called Banjibujo. It's right on the border of Congo and Uganda. We're there rescuing children, child soldiers. We're still there doing the same work that we've done for 25 plus years now in East Africa. How, how bad is it though, Sam? Does it compare to the LRA and what they did with children? You know, I'm gonna say no, it, it is in the Congo. I am not within the Congo working. I'm still on the border of Uganda. There's some serious problems going on. We know there was, there was just recently, a school was just raided and- It was 38 children. The, yeah, And the, yeah. the girls, if, if you remember correctly, what they did with the girls is they hacked them to death with, with yeah. machetes yeah. while they were asleep in beds. The boys, they locked into a dormitory yeah. and set it on fire. So where our farm is in Northern Uganda, we're building a school, we're building a church, we're building a new marketplace, and we're building a big dormitory to bring those children into that area that's rescued out of that war in the Congo. And so we have a lot going on still rescuing children for 25 plus years. But, but tell me now with the other children that you have rescued from other places as yep. well. How many orphanages do you have? How many you're feeding? What are you doing? You know, we have five working orphanages. Some of them are small homes instead of big orphanages. We still have the big orphanage in South Sudan and Nimli. We still have it going, going on. We have a lot of smaller ones. We're feed, our feeding programs right now are over 10,000 meals a day. We're we're big into drilling wells. We've drilled over 50 wells over the years, repaired over 50 wells. One of our newest projects that's so much needed is the Bush Kids Project. It's been going on for two and a half years. We go deep into the bush with security. We take doctors, nurses, or excuse me, a blood lab. We treat children for malaria, bacteria infections. Now the Ministry of Health has even got involved with us. So they're doing polio vaccines, measles vaccines. We're deworming everybody in the village. It started out children. Then about a year after that, it went to treating elderly. But now the malaria is so serious in Northern Uganda, we're treating all ages. And it's a big problem, malaria. Yeah, right now um, it's, it is the worst that it's been in decades. I mean, they had over two, or, excuse me, over 6,000 cases in two months. But that's only the cases that's reported. Where we go in the bush, we go deep into the bush that could be two to three miles off the nearest main road. That's deep into the bush where you could be an hour away from a hospital or a clinic that could treat it. So not only rescuing children, but rescuing lives as well. Absolutely. People there in Uganda and East Africa. You know, I never dreamed that God would have took it this big, but for everyone out there listening, you got to remember, God needs you to get involved. And when you get involved, uh, the more that you're willing to take something, God can even take it bigger. I never dreamed that our organization would have got as big as it is, and it's still going on. I just turned 61, still rescuing children, still in the middle of the war, 
so a lot of big things is happening with Angels of East Africa. Thanks be to God, and thank you for what you're doing. Good to see you All again. Right. God bless you, God my bless friend. you. All right, Gary, thanks so much for that interview there. Really appreciate that. That's going to leave us with time here on the podcast for one last thing. Wanted to take a look at Romans 4.13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Of course, Paul talking here about faith and the importance of that as opposed to the law. And saying, hey, well, Abraham, well, what did he, they didn't have the law at that point. So what did he do? He had faith. He believed in God. And I think um, that's something for us to always marinate on and think about is where's our faith at? Where are we putting our hope in? What are we placing it in? And ultimately, uh, obviously, we want to be making sure we're steering that back to God. Yeah, and it's a good reminder, too, that there's no way we can ever earn our way into heaven or earn our way yeah. into right standing with God, right? This this is all the product of the Holy Spirit's sanctifying work in our lives. And apart from apart from the, the work of Jesus on the cross, there's no amount of good that we can do to ever measure up. Uh, so yeah, th- this verse is just, a, there's a lot of truth packed in there, but it's a good reminder, I think, for all of us. Yep, absolutely. A great place to leave this Friday a junior episode of the podcast. And as always, don't forget to get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. Always great news going on there, always from a Christian perspective. So don't miss that. And again, don't forget to email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. That's all the time we have. And Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.